Hey everyone, welcome to the Mad Scientist Financial Independence Podcast, the podcast where I interview people who have already achieved financial independence to find out how they did it. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Jeremy and Winnie from GoCurryCracker.com. Jeremy and Winnie are a married couple who retired in their 30s and have been traveling around Central America ever since. They document their journey on GoCurryCracker.com, and not only do they write excellent travel articles about their journey, they also write some really great financial stuff as well. They've been kind enough to take some time to join me today via Skype from Mexico. So, Jeremy and Winnie, thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. If for people that may not be familiar with your site, uh, could you just uh, you know tell a little bit about Go Curry Cracker and uh, about yourselves? Sure. So we we had uh, left work roughly. Well, Winnie Winnie left work three three or four years ago, and I left work about a year ago. And we had this plan that we were going to go travel the world. And most of um, most of my my peers at work uh, were kind of surprised by this, or thought it was crazy, or that it couldn't be done. So I started writing it partly thinking of them as an audience because they, we didn't do anything magical except save a lot of money. So it was definitely something that they could do, and then also for friends and family to keep in touch. And it's just kind of grown from from there as more people kind of gained interest in and in what we were doing and and uh, being able to you know, kind of see what our expenses were. We've received a ton of emails from people, you know, like, "Hey, thank you for sharing your costs. Like, this really helped me gain confidence and that I could go to Mexico too, and so forth." Now, when you quit your jobs, did you? Uh intend on going back eventually or was this you financially independent and this was you know when you quit that was it and you were hopefully going to sustain yourself yeah, for the rest this of your is life definitely, this is definitely it um, it, there's always the possibility that we could do things that earn income in the future but uh, it would be optional we, we don't have to that's great so what uh, do you mind me asking what uh, your careers were before you both quit uh, I worked for Dell as a project manager and I, I worked for uh, for Microsoft, um, hardware architecture platform building. Oh wow! I have some two computer based people like myself, which is good. <laughs> it's amazing. Did you uh, did you guys read that article on Mr. Money Mustache? Uh, his survey of what people did, uh, all his readers, um, and it was like I forget the percentage, but it was something crazy like. I don't know, 60 or 70 plus percent of all his readers were something computer or engineering related or something like that. I think geeks have, have the same habit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It must be, I don't know, our need to optimize everything and uh, and our ability with math as well. So, um, so how long were your careers, your working careers? Um, 20 years roughly. Cool, and um, I, I, I remember reading one of your articles, and you and it, you mentioned that it was pretty much ten years and a day from the the date you decided that you wanted to become financially independent until you actually quit your job. Is that is that right, Jeremy? That's the day he met me. <laughs> ten years. Inspire <laughs> <laughs> you, Yeah, there, there might be there might be some some correlation there. Um, yeah, it it. Uh, it, it could have. We could have done it sooner, um, but uh, you know, they got, there were probably a few years extra that, that I worked there. Um, that, like from 
financial perspective, didn't have to, but it just meant we were able to save a ton over those last three years. But uh, and it was totally coincidence. Like I, I just looked at the the date and then looked back at this at this sort of uh, business plan that I had written long ago about how to retire early, as I was just trying to figure it out. And it, it was literally ten years in a day from from when I wrote that file. That's really cool. Um, yeah, speaking of the business plan, is this the fifty-page business plan to scuba scuba dive around the world or something like that? Is that exactly? <laughs> so tell tell me a little bit about that because that sounds really interesting, especially okay. the fact that it's fifty pages long. Yeah, so so this was um, uh, I, I had gone on a, a my kind of my first vacation as an adult, and this was this was just before I before I met Winnie, and. Um, pretty much like the whole first week, you know, like I, I couldn't even think about vacation. Like my, my mind is just kind of focused on like all the stuff that's happening at work. And, and by the second week I'd kind of started to relax. And then this, this third week I was like, you know, this, this is fantastic. I want to do this forever. And, but, it, but I had no idea kind of how, right. Because, you know, mainstream thinking is retirement, something you do when you're 65 or something. And, I knew I didn't want to wait that long, so I was thinking, I'm like, well, I have to have income, and scuba diving is expensive, so you know, maybe I could get a job as a dive master or a scuba instructor or something. And so I just started working from there. Like, well, how much money can I make as a dive instructor? Uh, you know, where are all the places I'd want to go, and like the seasons for it, and and then from there, kind of worked into, well, maybe I don't have to work. You know, as I started to understand more of the the finances of it. But I had all these kind of fears around it. Like, what about health insurance? What about, you know, like if I leave my career, will I ever be able to go back? And so I addressed some of those things as well. And if I were to go, like I haven't looked at it in a long time, but if I were to go back and read it now, I'd, I'd probably think it was very naive and very simplified. And, but it, it got me kind of on the path of, of thinking about it and, and learning about it. That's really cool. So Back then, did you have anyone to look up to at all? Did you re- did you find any books like some of the old classics, like Your Money or Your Life, or anything like that, or were you just purely doing it um, on your own, you know, number crunching? Um, I it's kind of half and half. So, so I like I read Your Money or Your Life, um, and I, I think I I read like Rich Dad Poor Dad or something. You should, you read the crazy book, the past thousand. Possum. Like a- oh, possum living. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah there, there's some uh, old. Um, uh, I, I I can't remember. It's it's like a free book online, but somebody wrote in the '70s about her and her father living off of the land. You know, it was super extreme. Um, and he showed me that book. I was a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh- that sounds like uh, my experience with my wife. The first thing I showed her was early retirement extreme, and yeah. obviously she wasn't interested at all in any of that. So he showed me that too. I was like, "Hmm." Yeah, she's like, "She's like, I'm not gonna live in an RV. Like, what are you talking about?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and like, eat the balls of uh, rice and yeah. beans. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. but um, I also at, around that time. Um, Let's see. Like I, I found the the Catterleys online. Um, read read one of their books, and then I I met them in Chiang Mai, Thailand, maybe 
10 years ago. That's crazy. That's really cool. So how did you, how did you get in touch? You just were in Southeast Asia and you knew the Billy and Acacia were over there somewhere and you just asked uh, to meet up or? Yeah, exactly. So I, I was in Thailand and I, I saw that they were in Thailand also from like a recent blog post of theirs. And I emailed them and said, Hey, I'm in town. Like, you know, uh, would you be up for meeting? And they're like, Oh yeah, we host a happy hour every week. Like come by on this day and we'll, we'll have drinks. And, um, you know, so like they were very, very like they're wonderful people, just wonderfully friendly and helpful. And so, uh, I met, I was able to kind of, you know, pick their brain a little bit and, and then their book is, is very helpful also. Um, and then also around the same time, um, there's like the early retirement forums mm-hmm. and like, uh, Nords from there now has his, his blog, like the military guide. And when, Winnie and I met up with him once when we were in Hawaii, maybe, I don't know, six, seven years ago, five years ago. So maybe there are a couple people who'd done it that we were able to kind of look at as a, as a reference and then adapt what they had done to kind of fit our own, our own means and needs. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I can imagine that would be pretty inspiring meeting up with uh, any of those people and seeing them actually doing it, and um, especially when everybody's telling you it probably can't be done. Just to see somebody doing it always, always great and motivating. I'm sure. Um, so you, so you meet up with the Caterleys, you meet up with Nords, uh, you, you realize it's possible. So you're, you know, you're, I'm assuming sticking somewhat to your plan that you came up with at the beginning. Um, have you, did you share it with any of your colleagues at the time or were you just, were you just doing your own thing or? Yeah, no, I was, I was just doing, doing my own thing. No, they, I mean, they know our lifestyle is different from theirs. Yeah. I mean, like, like, I didn't actively, I didn't hide anything, but I also didn't really actively share the, the long-term plan. Yeah. Just that, uh, uh, we had, we were definitely living a different lifestyle. It was, it was clear, however. Like we had a frugal family. Yeah. So just uh, as far as, you know, biking instead of, you know, having a bunch of cars and maybe not going out to eat as much. And um, was there was there anything else? Was it a, was it anything extreme or was it, you know, fairly normal? Just a bit of bit of tweaking that helps you save a lot of money. We rent an apartment in the student district. <laughs> Does that come? Yeah. I mean, they com- comparatively... Um, to my coworkers, it was, it was probably probably extreme, but it, it um, you know be, because kind of the norm for the people I worked with was uh, you know they're living in a three thousand square foot house, um, having two three cars. Yeah, and, and they're probably all like brand new leased SUVs, um, you know, and and so, so comparatively, you know, we found a place to live that was on the bus line to work and in a walkable neighborhood, you know, and we were, we were living in a neighborhood that was you know, mostly students because uh, we were near the university and, you know, I'd, I'd show up at work on the bicycle and, you know, they kind of roll their eyes and laugh at me, you know, but, um, but, uh, but we still go out to eat and hang out with friends. Yeah. It's not like sacrificing anything. It's just, yeah. Because our, our, I don't know, maybe our main sort of entertainment is is food. So we uh, we do eat out uh, and and often, and that's kind of our main social activity. Uh, but then we also 
balance that with um, uh, kind of preparing meals at, at home and hosting hosting dinner parties. So Winnie's an, an amazing cook, and I'm probably several pounds too many primarily because of that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so along the way, what are you what are you investing in? What's your are you just mainly you know stock guy, index index funds? Uh, did you get into any real estate? What was your sort of strategy there? Yeah, so mo- most of, I mean, our, our port- portfolio overall is probably uh, around 70% stock, 15% um, REITs, and mm-hmm. 15% bonds. Um, Continue tiny bit of real estate. Yeah, well, and, and, uh, and we have some individual stocks, but it's mostly index, and then I had a a small uh, rental property that I sold a few years ago with uh, owner financing. So we have one sort of private bond that, that's still, that's still uh, out there, but that will, that will, uh, let's see here. That will end like two years from now. Cause it's got like a, a five year payoff period to it. All right. So, so that was pretty much the, the strategy from when you began, you weren't, um, working for Microsoft, getting sucked into technology stocks or anything like that. No, I mean, like, like I, I have, I still have some Microsoft stock, but um, for the most part, you know, I, I have maybe um, about ten different kind of individual uh, kind of dividend-paying stocks uh, in in fairly small quantities, but they kind of help manage the cash flow, and then. The rest is all in, um, in like uh, VTI, mm-hmm. the all world or all market sort of index fund from Vanguard. Nice. Okay. And uh, recently, you just published a really good post about uh, taxes and especially taxes in early retirement. And as you know, that and probably the readers know that I really enjoy that stuff because it's just a great way of you know increasing your savings rate without necessarily sacrificing anything um so can you uh yeah just maybe talk a little bit about uh your recent experience um you know going through your taxes and realizing what exactly you can do now that you have such a low income yeah so so i i had um i've always done our our own taxes um and partly because like you i kind of enjoyed the the, the deep understanding of how to, to work the system in your favor. And so fr- from, from there, I was always trying to minimize our taxes in the past, but you know, there's only so much you can do when you have, have earned income. And so just recently, as kind of preparation for, for filing next year's taxes, I went through and looked at, at uh, you know, all of the, the dividend income and the interest income and, and went to figure out how much we'd have to pay. It's like zero. I, th- I thought that seemed kind of, you know, I wasn't exactly surprised, but it was it was interesting to see that number, and it's like re- like really because in the you know comparatively to to kind of U.S. mean, we're fairly wealthy, and yet uh, we have we don't have to pay any tax of any kind whatsoever. And then beyond that, it's like well, we have a ton of margin here. Like even even if I were to sell some stocks and do some tax gain harvesting uh, and kind of push the, the 
sort of rollover from the traditional IRAs to the old 401ks, now IRAs to, to Roth IRAs, and we can sell like an, up to 70K of stock for, or get 70K in capital gains and pay zero tax. And we can roll over up to you know, almost $20,000 of, of IRA and still pay zero tax. It's just, you look at all how that, how it's all played out and you can, you can actually earn a tremendous amount of money coming from dividends or you know, qualified dividends and long-term gains and pay zero tax. The, the tax system is definitely very favorable to, to people who retire early. That's yeah, amazing. And I know I still get quite a few emails and questions, um, you know, with people concerned that uh, if they are retiring early, they're not going to be able to access that money. And should they just go into the taxable accounts instead? And, you know, the all the math that I've done points that, no, you, you, you can go ahead and max these things out and then end up in a situation like you. Do you, do you regret not putting more towards those accounts when you're working now that you know what you know now or well I I wish I could have contributed more um, but not, not, we always maxed out our, our contributions so we took full advantage of them where we could but you know if, if we could have put double or triple in I would have <laughs> right well, that's good because um, it when you when you save you know, the 10 years in a day kind of thing when you save you know, enough money to fund, you know, 50, 60 year retirement in 10 years. And then you look at the IRS limits for contributions to 401ks and such. I mean, most of your money is going to end up in a, in a taxable account. Mm-hmm. And you know, so that, that's, that's where we, you know, so we definitely have the, enough money outside of the taxable accounts where that's where all of our withdrawals are coming from. Um, and then we can, you know, as the, the limits allow rollover uh, into Roth IRAs. And so when, I don't know, however many years from now, when the taxable accounts are no longer technically there, um, we'll have everything in the Roth and we'll can still continue to pay zero tax. That's great. So what is your withdrawal strategy? Are you, are you doing like a, you know, fixed percentage? Are you doing a, you know, inflation adjusted, like the 4% rule or uh, what, what did you guys decide on? Well, um, we, let's see, like, like we really have no budget and we kind of just spend whatever we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we've been doing so far, we've, we've been able to, to fund a hundred percent from, uh, dividends and interest. Oh, yeah. nice. So, so, you know, part of the thinking was, um, part of the withdrawal strategy, uh, has nothing to do with like the withdrawals itself. Is, is more the the sizes of them. And we started in Latin America rather than say like Paris or Tokyo, so that we would be uh, withdrawing like a low percentage of the total portfolio. Um, you know, and just using the four percent number as a rough guide, we just knew we wanted to spend less than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't really we don't really pay attention to what what the withdrawal rate currently is or or so forth. We just know that it's less than four percent. That's great, and that's great to hear you say the you know starting in Latin Latin America rather than Paris or Tokyo, and uh, that's exactly what my wife and I have talked about. Like, there's obviously lots of places we'd love to go um, that probably are more expensive, but there's also lots of places we really want to go that are much less expensive. So that's exactly our plan. We're just going to start with the the lowest cost ones, and then start working our way up, and um, 
and yeah, if we find ourselves having a lot more money than we expected at one point, then yeah, maybe we'll spend a, you know, six months in Tokyo or something. But until then, we're quite happily, you know, mm -hmm. planning uh, Southeast Asia trips and South America trips and things like that. So, and then you know, we can uh, like this last year has probably been the most profitable year we've we've ever had, just because of the stock market gains and um, we you. We could take a year like this and be, you know, okay, we've made a, a lot of money in the market. Uh, maybe next year we do Western Europe. Mm -hmm. you know? And then if, if there's a year where the market's down, it's like, well, you know, we love Latin America. Let's go there. Yeah. And when you have a low fear, maybe the first year of retirement, maybe you go to a, like a cheaper country, then you feel like more secure about your spending. Yeah, no, that's a great point. So, yeah, could you could you guys talk about the transition actually? Because it's fairly recent, um, and and yeah, just like to hear how it was, you know, finally quitting your job and what that was like. And did you worry about actually stopping your contributions to all these accounts after you were spending so many years building them up? Yeah, um... I think the first few months. Like we constantly check check the 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 number in our bank. Like yeah. every day we check three times, <laughs> make sure it's still there. <laughs> uh, it, but there's definitely a um, you know, and in, in, I had a I guess a, some irrational fear around um, the transition, definitely, and and it it was, and and that that's again partly why we're say in in San Miguel de Ande, Mexico, instead of. You know Paris, France, um, because we wanted to target that low percentage, just partly as a, a comfort thing. Um, but it, there was probably six months from from the day that you know we kind of had our last paycheck to um, the point where, like, I stopped thinking about work. And and you know, just when you go from working. 60, 70 hour weeks and lots of international travel and like work is your well, email during the off hours and such. It's kind of hard to transition from that to uh, nothing. Right? Right. And, um, and so maybe part of that mental focus was still kind of, you know, we're on a beach, but I'm still thinking about work stuff a little bit. Um, and then some of that mental energy gets applied to, well, what's happening with the portfolio? Is everything okay? But uh, kind of six months after, uh, you know, all those fears have just kind of been washed away. Um, I, I don't even really think about work or or the finances anymore. Oh, that's great. So I'm going to switch gears a bit and uh, start talking a bit about travel because you guys are, you know, perpetual traveler, traveling early retirees. Uh, similar to what the caterlies were doing in the retire early lifestyle interview. Um, so you guys have pr primarily been in South and Central America so far. Is that right? Yeah. Our plan was to use a year travel through Central and South America. But so far we've been on, we've only been to three countries in <laughs> Central America. We're moving really slow. That's nice. Yeah. yeah that, that's the yeah, type of travel that appeals to me is the slow travel anyway. So, so we had uh, we had started thinking we'd spend six weeks in Mexico and then continue south, but we were in Mexico uh, over five months, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and and then uh, we, we met people who were who were 
touring all of Guatemala in a week. Uh, and we, we were there, we were there two months. Um, and we, uh, we, we did some experimenting with different paces of travel. Right? We, we spent two months in one place and two days in another. And we definitely enjoy the, uh, the slower paced travel. You don't have to, to pack every day or move to a different hotel every day. Yeah, you kind of uh, have a little routine. Yeah, that definitely appeals to me. That um, sounds like the best way to go. And, and you're, you're both learning Spanish uh, as you live down there and everything? See, sí. <laughs> <laughs> We can switch to Spanish if you want. <laughs> no, my high school Spanish is uh, probably really bad, so uh, it would be a very short interview. <laughs> we, we, um, our, our Spanish isn't, isn't great, but we're functional. Um, and before we started, we, uh, we didn't really speak any Spanish at all. And we took a, a month of group classes in, in Mexico and we started and we, we did three weeks of, uh, private one-on-one lessons in, in Guatemala. And we've spent, I don't know, nine months in Spanish speaking countries. So we've, We've uh, picked up uh, enough for the language to be functional. Like just before, before uh, our conversation with you, I made a phone call to schedule an appointment for for later today. You know, that's all five minute conversation, all in Spanish. And um, that's amazing. I'm sure I don't sound, you know, I don't sound fluent to people. Like they know I'm obviously a gringo, a, a gringo of butchering the language. But but we. We can communicate. Like we can order food, buy tickets, do like daily, daily activities, activities. market oh, trips. Really cool. Yeah. So Mexico and Guatemala. What was the third country? Belize. Oh, nice. That's right. Yeah, I remember uh, actually commenting on that post because we had hit up the same place on our honeymoon, uh, Key Cocker. Key Cocker, mm-hmm. yeah. Such a beautiful island, isn't it? Yeah, it is beautiful. All I remember is the lobster. <laughs> See, yeah, we, I, yeah, we talked about this, uh, Jeremy and I. I think uh, we must have gone in completely different seasons because I didn't see any lobster. Uh, there wasn't really the, any lobster on the menu, but it was sunny, and I think you guys got rain and lots of lobster. Uh, at the end of the week, I'm sick of lobster. I'm like, don't, don't feed me anymore, please. <laughs> Take it away. But it, yeah, we, I think we. Um, we arrived just a, a few weeks after lobster season had started, and uh, you could get a uh, full lobster dinner, like, you know, a, like a, a lobster and a one and a half pound lobster. One, yeah, one, and uh, like a shrimp skewer and a few sides for ten U.S. dollars. No way, that's crazy. Um, have you found that you've been surprised how little you have to spend to have a really good life uh, since you've been on the road? Every day we are like, wow, it's so cheap and the quality is really good. Yeah. So, what was the thing we you just compared like jewelry? Yeah, jewelry. I was I was looking for some jewelry class uh, in Asia and even in the United States because I want to continue doing that. And that like the price is just like incredibly exactly. expensive, like, like ten, 10, ten, ten, ten times ten times more than what what I pay here. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so, out of the three countries that you've been in, uh, which which uh, would you be like the best? Yeah, we love Guatemala, and but uh, I think like San Miguel is more livable because it has um, more activity you can do as 
not as a traveler, as like you actually live here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I'm not really sure how to answer that question. It's kind of it's kind of like, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Right. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like lots of lots of them, and they're they're kind of they all different. They, yeah. they all have their appeal. Um, but like from a, you know, I, I think Mexico actually kind of feels like home to us right now. Um, we're just it's very comfortable here. It's it's a very nice life. Um, Guatemala had a lot of just natural beauty. Um, and believe people in Guatemala are super nice. They're very friendly. Yes, yeah. 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 Um, and I you know Belize had um, just kind of like the, the beauty of the water and the, the lobster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So when I interviewed Billy and Acacia, um, they had mentioned that Panahashiao in Guatemala was their one of their favorite places, uh, and I know you guys were near there at least. Uh, yeah, we were at, but we were at the same lake, uh, a different village, San Pedro, which is really beautiful, and uh, we we stayed there for two two months, right? Um, six month, weeks. Six think. weeks. Yeah, and then yeah, we enjoy it. It's. Yeah, I think that, that place, that place in San Miguel, I like the most. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was where you had the hundred ninety-five dollar a month apartment. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so hundred ninety-five dollars, you had views of the lake and the mountains, and yeah, the the apartment itself is a how is it shit hole, <laughs> 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 but the view is magnificent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it it definitely wasn't four star living, but. Um, it's four star in that yeah, region, yeah. Yeah, com- com- comparatively to to what else was available, it was definitely yeah. A nice yeah, place. and when you live there, you realize how little you need. Mm. Right, exactly. Yeah, you you appreciate your like things you own more. <clears throat> yeah, but, but the the one thing definitely that um, you know I, I like better say here is just the shower (laughs) yeah we like most of the showers in guatemala are these um so-called suicide showers it's like a local local heater attached to the shower head Um, it's like 10 cables hanging right above you yeah like the exposed electrical wires sticking out and sometimes hanging down into the water stream (laughs) it's kind of like massage therapy (laughs) electric shock therapy (laughs) So it's much better over in uh, Mexico. Uh, well, you know, there, there there are places that are equivalent to Guatemala, but um, you know the place we're staying now is is definitely almost like a five star hotel. Oh, nice. And this um, is the three bedroom house that you're renting for yeah. what, like a thousand dollars a month. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so and including over. all the utility and the cleaning and everything. Oh, really? So uh-huh. five star service and quality for a, a grand a month yeah there, uh, there's a, uh, a cleaning woman who comes by twice a week for like three hours and there's a gardener who comes and takes care of all the plants and um, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely upscale um, like by by comparison there's a a friend in, in Winnie's jewelry class who rents a two-bedroom place for uh, $300 like $350 dollars so there's definitely uh, yeah, there's definitely cheaper, cheaper stuff here, yeah. and we we partially got this place because um, just so that we could have the extra rooms for for people to come visit. That's cool. Yeah, it sounds really nice. Um, 
Well, we're getting to near the end of the interview, and I always like to just ask everyone I talk to, you know, if you had one piece of advice for anyone thinking about pursuing financial independence and early retirement, uh, what would it be? Find a frugal life. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. I've had to to slowly convert mine. But luckily I'm there, so it took 10 years, but uh, I got there eventually. How about you, Jeremy? That's a good answer. I don't, I don't, I don't think I can be that answer. Um, so I, I think um, not getting sucked into to lifestyle inflation is, uh, is, is a key. And uh, so basically you know, learning to live on, on an income that, that you, you start out with. Um, and that way you can get to incredibly high savings rates, which, that, you know, 10 years kind of a time frame for, for many people, you can, you, you could be free to do whatever you want for the rest of your life. That's great. Thank you both so much for, uh, taking the time out of, uh, what I'm sure is a beautiful day down in Mexico to talk to me. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch, do they just go over to go currycracker.com and s- send you an email from there or? Yeah, exactly. So, um, go currycracker.com. There's a, a contact form on there. Um, or you can just email us at, at gocurrycracker at gmail.com. Excellent. Well, thank you both. Uh, it was great talking to you and I, uh, hopefully I'll see you down in, uh, central or South America in the next couple of years, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks guys. Okay, thanks, man. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks again to Winnie and Jeremy for speaking with me and, uh, definitely go check out gocurrycracker.com if you haven't already. Um, also, if you're a fan of the podcast and wouldn't mind leaving me a review over on iTunes, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Turkey, mashed potatoes, finance.